Edition, although it's not really spooky. It's not going to be a very spooky episode, to be honest. No, we're going to add a lot of post-spook into this. Okay, so then we put like some sp- scary sounds here. Scary spaghetti. Scary spaghetti there. Uh, peeled grapes. Peeled grapes. I see what you mean. Yeah. Did you ever go to a party where anyone actually did that? Mm, I feel like Jared Mondelli. That's so funny. I, feel like That's his mom I was thinking had, uh, maybe maybe think, he would have if anyone. <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking the same thing. I feel like his mom threw him some really nice Halloween parties. And then there everyone... was Bo- there was Bob and the Apple. Oh yeah, right, sure. Yeah, you know, we should Bob for apples. Okay, it's a great idea. <laughs> Why not? Hey, maybe we could do that for our Patreon bonus content. <laughs> maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, so happy Halloween. It's Don't Be an Idiom. This is the podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases uh, and idioms, which is that's redundant, actually. A phrase is an idiom. So. Yeah. But, you know, that people that's a thing that they, that we use uh, in language is like a redundant phrase it's, or whatever. It's like a repeat because it sounds good. Yeah. It's like this and that. Yeah. Well, by hook or by crook was one of those. What yeah. it's called? It's like a redoubling phrase or something like that. But yeah, yeah. we don't just need feels it. good. It's fun. Yeah, it roll rolls off the tongue. That's why people who who are named like Bobo or something, it's <laughs> fun to say their names. You're saying one name twice. Yeah, if I was just Bo, it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> so that's why I ask you hey, on this <laughs> on your daughter's wedding day to start calling me hey, Bobo. Bobo. Uh, speaking of Bobo, your daughter's wedding day. Um, your daughter's wedding <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> I was. You know, I'm the godfather. <laughs> uh, no one invited you. I was thinking of when um, <laughs> this one episode you were talking about, uh, like how you've had to give so much money to our friends because they get married or they have kids, and then it's like, but like you're not gonna get married right. or have kids anytime soon, so right. like you're not seeing any returns. No, no, rege- but I was talking about coworkers. Oh, you know, friends, oh, yeah. friends. I'm a little okay with it. Yeah, no, I'm okay because you gotta okay. like you gotta do the whole thing. <laughs> If you want a friendship. Yeah, no. But man, gosh, if I ever... Oh, I don't give coworkers money. No. I mean, sometimes. I used to get I, suckered I guess, into it. No, I used I to get suckered into do. it. Now sometimes. I would never. Yeah. Somebody the other day came in and was like, hey, did you see my email about that hol- that team Halloween costume? I was like, no. And they're like, well, you want to do it? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bad attitude. Dude, it sucks. It's like, they, you know, like... Dr. Seuss, like, thing one and thing two? Yeah. Well, apparently they make shirts that go up to, like, thing infinity, and it's just like they uh, all just wanted different fair. fucking thing numbers. That's not a great costume. Yeah. You know why? All they're doing, they're not trying to have fun with it. They're trying to do the easiest thing possible. A t-shirt is not a costume. Right. Although, I did see... And did a- you write all this in the email, or... <laughs> this is I'm dictating the email right now. This is a lengthy email. I did see one of those. Uh, this is my Halloween costume T-shirts. Yeah, at, I kind of like that. At Walmart, mm. <laughs> sorry, and I was like, those are cool. It's free advertising those for are Walmart. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I just. But like you know, they've been around for so long. It's like I just want to get one of That's those a, and, and wear them all the yeah, time. Yeah, wear that during like Christmas, during June. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
Remember there was, there was that period of time where like we were all buying Freddy Krueger sweaters? Oh yeah, I, I still have one packed away. My I remember mine and like wearing it, you know, just regularly just out and about. Not even thinking that about it. I felt so good. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, really, I mean, it's like it could be a Christmas sweater kind of or just a regular sweater. Green and red. Yeah. Although sometimes isn't it black and red? No. What's going on there? It's That's a mistake. Is it? Yes. It's a green and red sweater. I mean, that's what I always said. Then you're right. But then someone <laughs> once pointed out that, look, Freddy's sweater is actually black and red. Yeah. Well, that's not a Freddy sweater then. It's okay. Just a, it's just a pattern. Is there any chance that it like changed? No. It was always green and red. I, yeah, but it might be different shades of green. Could be a dark green. Yeah, like well, what if in like the first season it was black season. season. <laughs> but we never okay, noticed Mr. Netflix so many shadows. Yeah, uh-huh. Mr. Netflix. <laughs> he loves his seasons. I go to try to watch it. It's like you have reached your maximum screens. One. <laughs> like. Uh huh. It's like my nephew's watching it. Uh huh. And it's some bullcrap. And he should have been at school. Uh huh. Is that a thing that happens? Well, Two yeah, people like, can't watch Netflix at the same time. I think no. I'm I'm joking at how low of my my low yeah, how, bottom basement subscription level that uh, my family oh, shares. Oh, I see. But yeah, like you, you ever had that where someone's like get, trying to use it and it's like, oh, just too many screens, guy. You can't. Yeah, one screen. I'm sure we both wish that we were watching right now was a screen that is broadcasting Murder She Wrote. Because oh, two yes. weeks ago, Angela Lansbury passed away. And we found out it was literally like 10 minutes after we finished recording episode 66. Ain't that always the way? And then we're like, oh my God, Angela Lansbury died. And um, we have a, a special connection to her because right. um, I did I did the uh, idiom. Um, what? That's all she uh, wrote. That's all she wrote. And... Uh, and I said that how I always thought of oh you you said it too how and then we, you and said then, look at ta- the show notes I had here and yours and Tara Mangini said she also always always thought that um you know that's all she wrote was like connected to murder she wrote just like feels like it's the same thing yeah it does anyway we ended up writing a whole Angela Lansbury song at the end of that episode right. and now we're like we feel like we're we work for her or something right and in the song we do work for her. Mm-hmm. And also, that's right. What's really nice about getting that song in what, like a year ago? Yeah, is like we did it before there was any Angela Lansbury's dead hype shit. Like that is real. <laughs> that is real. We're not jumping on no bandwagon shit. Fucking yeah. hate that. It's like you when mean, everyone's like, you mean all of a sudden like it's gonna be like a hundred songs about Angela be Lansbury? So all many of a memes about Angela Lansbury. I'll tell you what, I th- that was a flash in the pan <laughs> death. <laughs> I've not really seen anything about her since. No, no, no. They didn't really talk about her very much. (laughs) So, yeah, maybe not so many songs. she's too respected. That's why. No one would dare make fun of Angela Too much respect. (laughs) Yeah. The Lands. The Lands. Well, rest in peace, uh, the Lansinator. Lands of the free. Our friend Dave Park was visiting from, well, he lives in Canada. Park? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know that? That That's cool. Yeah, it is. It's got a nice ring to it. Um, I wonder if he knows your last name. Well, mine's like a blue, 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 but his is like a thing. It's like, yeah. Dave Park, come on down. Right. Well, in Korean, I don't know if Park means Park. Probably not. Well, fine. But <laughs> but you're right. It is a word in English. Yeah. And my just, words is like a bunch of jibbly juke. Well, my name, what does my name mean? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. Big stupid idiot. <laughs> in Italian, my last name means big stupid idiot. Buffoon, El Buffoon, El Buffuno. <laughs> who who would have thought that a name like Ryan Buffuno 
<laughs> would, could mean such a could mean Ryan idiot. Such a man. Ryan idiot and Albert fucking idiot. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. Someone once told me I was the sidekick of this show. No, I'm gonna cut that out. Actually, no, I like it. So uh, anyway, Dave was visiting. Um, he's been in Maryland for a little bit, and so he he popped up to Philly. We hung out. He brought with him all of that special baseball team juice. Yeah. Winning baseball team juice. Uh, Dave was the good luck charm for the Philadelphia Phillies, and they got right on into the World Series. I've been told that's our local baseball team. And today, when you hear the song, it will be the first day of the World Series. And that's like a big deal, right? That's the yeah, a lot of cars. Big game. A lot of cars are flipped. Uh, yeah, so... Piss flips. They're going to piss on them and then flip... No, they're going to flip them and then piss on them. So, anyway, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Albert and some listeners are excited about that. Uh, I like the fanfare. I don't fucking care. You know, like, I can't honestly say that I watched every baseball game Oh, you can't year. honestly I say can't that? Honestly. Yeah, no, not, duh. Not no one, conscience. No one watches all the games until it's the playoffs I know, or whatever. Yes, but, I mean, even the diehards, they got to they gotta go to work sometimes, don't they? I know. I guess they they're just not work, working. Working, watching the Phillies. I guess plenty of people can do that. Uh, <laughs> got to ring that bell. <laughs> I do like how our thing's a bell. Like we should totally do some sort of promotion where it's like bells ringing. All right, dong. <laughs> like Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. So so we can make ideas like that come to life. Uh, we actually did start oh, yeah. our Patreon. Um, this is the we've joked about it for like 25 episodes but then we were like you know what this this might be good we let's do this yeah we feel bad for the people that are frantically rushing to a fake patreon page to <laughs> just throw money at us so we heard you and you might be like why would i give these assholes any money and you're right in a way but the thing is is that what I didn't realize before we got into podcasting is that there's actually like a lot of stuff that you don't think about that costs money. Like, you know, we just have to every, like how to keep your whole back catalog up. Yeah, like, like that costs money. It doesn't just stay in the stratosphere for free. That's not like no we, one would, would allow not that. Be able to go and like listen back all the way to episode one with sweet Fanny Adams. <laughs> what a mess! And, you know things like that, and then obviously we joke about our equipment a lot. Like, you know what? We get enough of you guys out there, and we're going to be able to get a third microphone. <laughs> and then we can have guests yes! on. <laughs> and maybe we'll call you. So we posted about this on our Instagram, and we already received a bunch of patrons, and we just wanted to yes. thank those people. Um, Maggie was the very first one, and she's actually Aww, the daughter of our friends, and she's an awesome kid. But she she's been listening like pretty regularly, which is amazing. So she's probably our youngest listener. Yeah, and her parents must be pretty cool, <laughs> and maybe maybe questionable in their child rearing for letting them listen to this. But we love it. And so Maggie, questionable. If you're, if you're listening, you should definitely be listening now that you're paying for this stuff. But if you're listening, thanks so much, dude. That's awesome. And and to the millions of others that donated, that's really kind. So kind. Uh, no, but this is our, our first kind of announcement about it. So listen, if you if you can afford to throw away five bucks a month. Cool, that'd be awesome. We're at patreon.com slash don't be an idiom. But if you can't, then don't. Like, I can't right. afford to contribute to our Patreon, so I get it. Yeah, I thought about doing that, and I was like, maybe then other people would see how fun it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I put my money where my mouth is. So here. fun, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but no, you know, it's we promise that we won't just go and buy ourselves like very nice velour outfits. So we're just I we're going to say baloney. We're going to we're going we're gonna to pump it right back into the show and make it better for you. And there'll be exclusive episodes for Patreon listeners where well, I, this is our our first idea. Should we give that? Should we say what that idea? Here, is? yeah, well, we're going to give the idea. And if you like that. Just hit your Patreon yes button. Cost <laughs> so your Patreon yes button. Pretty much like every episode, we've either written a song or a skit, uh, and so all those songs have like you know a lot of work goes into them, and it was you a lot don't of stories. Know. You that... don't know how much work goes into them. <laughs> but usually, we you know we kind of like get stories out of the experience of like mm-hmm. trying to write all the lyrics and all the music in one day and. Um, so we thought that would be cool to just kind of work our way through the episodes and we'll just talk about the song or skit that appears at the end of the episode. We are going to let, we are going to give you that background info on every fucking <laughs> misfire of our brain and, and to, to un- so you can bridge the gap of insanity to know how we got from idea to idea. Right. And you know what? I am confident that you'll be entertained by that. I really am. Yeah, I, if, as long as you like the songs, then then definitely. Oh, if you don't like the songs, are the best part. So anyway, um, if you go to our Patreon, you can become full goth. That's the only level there is. Right. We just wanted to keep it nice and simple. It's a quick way to become full goth without the makeup, without the black hair, without yeah. you know, without you any of that stuff. You are full goth if you just give us your money. Just give, <laughs> just give us your money, and you can be proud. Uh, but if you can't afford it, that's cool too. Moving on. Full goth business cards. That's what we'll do. We'll send those oh, out. Oh, full goth business cards. Yeah, we'll that, be like, it just says like, I'm full goth. Black oh, on black. That's a really good idea. <laughs> right? Yeah, we got to write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to get a like a black business card that just said full goth on yeah. it. I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's right. And you can just show that to people like <laughs> right. Wawa or CVS. <laughs> and they're like, so you still owe us two ninety nine. I know. For the small bag of combos. I know. I just wanted you to know that I'm here and I'm buying these small bag of combos. Small one of those little ones. Oh, God. Just get the big bag, man. They didn't have any. Oh, fuck. Not pizzeria. Yeah, well, right. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, thanks so much again. That's very cool. And we love you very much. All right. So the Game Master, Albert. We're bringing back an old classic today, people. And it is Pass the Pigs. Pass the Pigs is a fun game because the box acts like you should know what it is. <laughs> it's like everybody's old-time favorite, Pass the Pigs. There's a lot of rules in this, I remember, right? Well, it's not so much that there's rules that it's just all you have is these tiny two pigs that essentially act like dice. And then when you roll them, you get different uh, point amounts for the way mm. that they land. So... Uh, me, me and Ryan are each going to roll once, and whoever gets the best roll is going to go first. Roll? Do you want to roll first? Or yeah. do you want to? Okay. All right. Well, you clearly won. Oh, that's so. a trotter. That's five plus one. All right. Yeah, I win. Okay. Ah. All right, Ryan. I think he, I figured it out with us, me and you. Uh, after five years of doing the show, I keep asking myself, why? What am I doing here? And then I realized it must be 
Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. That's right. It's like a psychological thing, right? Who's perfect for almost Halloween? I don't know if this counts as Halloween spooky. I mean, it's 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 weird. It's mysterious, <laughs> and usually scary stuff happens. Okay, so Stockholm syndrome, and and this is a this is an idiom. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I had a feeling you might question me on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe some other people thought the same thing. What I will say is this, right? Mm-hmm. Stockholm Syndrome is one of those things that I have heard about for so long. I've been explained about it. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I, I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. But, I, but I'm like, but do I really know where it comes from? And mm-hmm. the answer was no. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out, I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. And you feel like it's it's a term. It is a term for something. It's something, you know, like that we use that comes from somewhere that isn't relevant okay, to the, so the, like the original thing anymore to, to a point. I think the definition, if I remember correctly, is when you are like maybe captured or forced to be in the same room with someone or, or whatever for a long period of time that mm-hmm. like as a victim, you end up falling in love with them. Or want like wanting to be with them. Yeah, I mean, is, is that kind yeah, of it? No, that it that is it. It's like it doesn't have to be like love per se, but yeah. just like you form this positive bond. Yeah. Um, it's uh, let me see. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, like this is just like a fa- a coping mechanism to a captive or abusive situation. Uh, to a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, when you develop positive feelings towards your captors or abusers over time. Got it. Okay. And it's pretty much exactly what you said. Okay. It doesn't have to be fall. It doesn't have to be kissing, though. Yeah. Okay. No kissing. No, it can be. It, can it, be. it often oh, is. Okay. But okay. not. Oh, it shit. can. It can be. All right. So I need to guess where Stockholm syndrome comes from. Right. Why do they call Why this do they call particular it Stockholm syndrome, syndrome? Syndrome. Well, I'm gonna say that this is something that started in Sweden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why you'd say that. Let me see here. Okay, I'm going to say that in the early 1900s mm-hmm. in Stockholm uh, there was a there was a mental institution that would send patients to these little islands right off of Sweden. Mm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a uh, nineteen. I think I said nineteen forties. Sweden, a mental a mental institution in Stockholm would send its patients to like an island off the west coast of Sweden, and that was because they couldn't figure out how to deal with them, and so they just were like, "Well, fuck it, let's just throw them on this island." Yeah. But the thing is, is that on this island. There were a lot of fishermen who were very lonely and and but nothing, nothing untoward. <laughs> okay, um, but they just you know like they're like hey like all you crazy people come join us come hang out in our abode and because we don't want to just hang out with other fishermen that's boring and uh, they went crazy wait wait no no they. They should have gone crazy because they're all mental patients, but right. they actually they actually kind of healed in a way. And they're like, oh, we like hanging out with these fishermen. This is a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then 
I, then eventually they the, some of the Stockholm doctors were like, oh, we should probably retrieve those mental patients. And they brought him back and like they realized that they were, um, I hate my guess. No, I like it. I'm there. I'm so there. But I have questions. <laughs> this isn't making sense. I've got big, big questions. <laughs> There's so many holes in the story. And no, I think it works. Keep going. The mental patients uh, eventually got went like a little mad crazy again. When they went back to the mainland? Yeah, and they're like, oh, I liked it with the fishermen. And then the doctors were like, there's no way it was better with those fishermen. Like, it's <laughs> then the, with these then cool with doctors. These cool doctors here. And uh, they're like, no, it was better. We missed the fishermen. And then they're like, ah, oh, this, this is a Stockholm syndrome right here. <laughs> better kill them. Gotta better dispose of them. Um, I don't know. So I, did they let him go back to the uh, island or did they, where they were being No, nah, they just mean. locked him. They locked him away. Oh, for man, that is forever. mean. That was terrible. That is mean. Well, I thought it was a fun guess, uh, but it was wrong. Okay. I mean, you got the Sweden part right. Okay, good. So I was hoping to maybe throw Ryan off with him being like, can't be the Stockholm, could it? <laughs> but it was, right? It's the Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So... Um, the this uh, this word phrase became phrase word I don't know it became term pop the term became popular in 1974. Okay, with the arrest of none other than Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst, you remember Patty Hearst, right? Yeah. Well, how do I know that name? All right. So she was a 19 year old Californian heiress to a newspaper. And she was kidnapped by like this left-wing militia group called the Symbionese Liberation Army, Uh right? And then, like, so she's kidnapped, right? And then she starts like becoming involved in like the robberies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And then when she got caught, they were like, "You're busted. You're a bad guy." And then her lawyer was like, no, 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 no. This is Stockholm syndrome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? Well, so the Stockholm syndrome actually came from one year earlier, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool how close it is to the Patty Hearst thing. 1973. 73. You got it. And that's when the big event happened. Okay. And that's what I want to tell you about today. The big hot dog. So the thing about it, but a lot of people associate with Patty Hearst because that's when it really got big in the lexicon, you know? You know, Patty Hearst is mentioned in that Warren Zevon song. Yeah. Patty Hearst, her the worst. Yeah. Uh, Roland, the headless Thompson gunner. Oh, cool. That is very He mentions Patty Hearst in that song. Well, Patty Hearst is like, she's like kind of like, she's a rebel, man. Mm. But like, it's a really divided, like people stand really divided on that thing because they're like, the Stockholm Syndrome people are like, oh yeah, you know, she was, she was in this situation where she was a prisoner and then this thing happened to her and that's why she started acting that way, you know? Oh yeah. But then other people who have never had Stockholm Syndrome, I would imagine, are like, "Mm mm-mm, 
Mm, she made a choice, and she does look like she's having fun with her like machine gun. <laughs> she's like, I'm hot. I'm hot. Like she's an heiress. You know yeah. what I mean? She's like oh, a yeah. rich white, like you know, millionaire, and just like she's 19, and she's like, I'm running around with bad guys. Yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. So, but that's why I think a lot of people were jealous. Well, okay. Okay. But also, I don't know. I don't want to make any sort of a statement about Patty Hearst, really. Okay, you don't want you know, to take I'm any not, sides. I'm not taking any sides because it is a complicated psychological sort of thing, you know? So her lawyer, uh, her lawyer. He said she, she had like, Stockholm Syndrome. All right, she had Stockholm So And then what? So what, what is that a reference to? Right. So one year earlier than that, in Stockholm, there was, okay, let me set the scene. August 23rd. An escaped Swedish convict, Jan Eric Olsen, walks into the Servergis Credit Bank. No way I said that right. It's one of the biggest banks in like Stockholm area, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh it, he's got he's got two things in his hands. In one, he's got his submachine gun. Okay. And in the other one, he's got a canvas suitcase. What's in that canvas suitcase? It's ammunition, plastic explosives, blasting caps, safety fuses, lengths of rope, knife, wool socks, sunglasses, two walkie-talkies, and a transistor radio. Oh, shit. Dude's ready to roll. Yeah, sounds like it. So he comes in disguised in toy store eyeglasses. Nice. um, A thick brown wig. His cheeks were rouged, which I think is kind of funny. And then he dyed, so he had like like light reddish brown hair, but he dyed his eyebrows and mustache jet black. Nice. Good move. And he's he's got the googly eyes. He's got the like toy store spectacles, they said. Like, so I'm thinking like those bottle cap (laughs) glasses. Yeah. So he he was trying to look foreign, is what what he said he was trying to do. And also, he spoke English to the bank tellers and and tried to use like a very American sounding accent. Okay. Yeah. And apparently back then they made, or maybe they still do, but in Sweden they teach. English to all the um, students, kind of like how we learn like Spanish and other. Like, it's other not like how we learn Spanish. They actually all know English. Oh right, well, but I'm saying, <laughs> but like that's something that's taught in school. So it's yeah. like they could, so we could do that. We speaking in English, <laughs> right? Right. So but then he tried to make him sound really. Yeah. He, he sound. He tried to make himself sound Amer- American. Yeah. Right. Like, give me those dollars, eh? <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got put Canada, that one on the board. I got Canada on the mind because, uh, because, um, yeah, because why? Because Dave's going there. Oh, Dave yeah, lives yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So check out how cool this dude is. Takes out the submachine gun, sprays some bullets into the ceiling, and goes, The party has just begun. Nice. Yeah. And Good he line. said he got that line from an American bank robbery movie that he oh, watched cool. recently. Whoa, Tommy would like this. He really likes bank robbery stories. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, okay, so... Reindeer games. So the beginning, the, the party has begun. Yeah, uh, so he's like, boom. And now everyone knows what's going on, like the Joker, you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. So um, they did not have uh, officers, like, station, like you know, like security guards stationed. Sure. They had, like, these silent alarms. So as he's starting all this up, a off-duty, plainclothes cop was walking, like... Got I don't know how he knew the silent alarm was going off, but he got the word that the silent alarm's going off. So he goes to check things out, and uh, oh, this guy Olson here. He so he shoots and like gets his hand all blooded up and all that stuff. And he's like, all right, well, just just relax. He's like, he's like, how about a song? 
he tells to the guy that's bleeding. And he picked the song. Uh, let's see which it was. Oh, you're going to like this, Rye. Lonesome Cowboy by Elvis. Whoa. A song I don't know. Yeah, did you look it up? I was going to if I had two seconds to listen to it, but I've been very busy. So That's um, cool. Your new favorite song, Lonesome Cowboy by Elvis. But basically, he goes like this. He's like, get the rest of these people out of here. I'm keeping these three these three girls. Kristen Enmark, Brigitta Lundbland, and Elizabeth Oldgren. Okay. And they, they're all uh, bank employees, and he's keeping them, right? Then he makes his demands. He says, first, he wants his chosen accomplice, whose name is Clark Olofsson. Now, because their last names are really similar, I'm just going to call the first guy Olsen, and then this guy's going to be called Clark. Okay. So it's like Olsen and, and Olsen. Yeah, very similar. Dude, he's, he's locked up for six years uh, for doing something bad, and then he wants uh, three million kroner, which mm-hmm. is like 700,000 US dollars, mm-hmm. Two, uh, two guns and a fast getaway car. So on day one, the cops actually give him this. They actually go to jail and grab this other guy, and then they shove him in there. He's like, hey, your guy wants you. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And then they also get him the money and a blue Ford Mustang, and they park it outside. And they're like, all right, go ahead. And he was like, yeah, but no, but we're not, but we're going to leave with hostages. And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. <laughs> So it, this is this begins a six day standoff. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Oh, and so everyone had to stay inside of the bank. Yeah. So so he picks these. So it's so it's now Olson Clark, uh, the three girls. They're they are in the bank, and they decide to move into the vault because mm-hmm. he knew there were snipers around and things like that, and yeah. it was like really protected in the vault. Um. So the cops are negotiating with him and all this sort of stuff, and they will not give him. They won't let the hostages go with them when they leave. They even get they even get to talk to the prime minister. Like he gets the prime minister on the phone. Mm. He's like, come on, man. And, and yeah. actually, at one point, even the even one of the hostages talks to the prime minister and is like, "We want to go with him." Oh, weird. Yeah. So we kind of like him a lot. Well, that's the thing. So during this six day standoff, that re- relationship between the captor and captive, yeah, gets stronger and stronger. And in fact, at one point. The cops are like, hey, we want to check on the um, the captives. We want to make sure they're okay. And they're like, yeah, come check them out. So they do. And he said that they, the energy between the bad guys and the, and the, their hostages, it was like, they were like friendly. Like they would like touch Strange, and yeah. they would like, be, like they would joke. And yeah. then the cops said like, as I spoke to them or tried to interact with them, it was very negative. And at one point they actually said that one of the women sneered at him. Okay. So they turned on the authorities. Yes. They're full in on the criminal. Yeah. So the idea is that at some point, um, because these guys are, these guys are just being nice, um, bank robbers to them. Right. And they know that they're in like a, you know, like a very desperate situation. So it's like, who knows? Maybe start being nice out of just survival. Like, I got to be nice to this guy. But then it's like, it seemed as if they really started getting feelings for these guys. Hmm. So you might be asking yourself, um, why did they bond? Like, what was so great about these six days that made them yeah. feel like they were on the side of the robbers? Well, one of the one of the uh, accounts is that the girl Elizabeth was complaining of claustrophobia in the vault, right? Mm-hmm. So Olson, he's like, 
I'm going to tie a rope around your neck and, I, and I'm going to let you walk around outside of the vault, right? Yeah, that's nice. So in an interview later, she says, I couldn't go far and I was on a leash that, that he held, but I felt free. I remember thinking he was very kind to allow me to leave the vault. <laughs> yeah, right. So being that's allowed true. to just walk around on a leash makes you fall in love with someone. In, wow. Right? It's a bad message. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then Brigitte uh, was not able to get, like, they were letting them call their families and stuff like that, and she was not able to get anybody on the phone. So at one point, um, Olsen touched her cheek and said, try again, don't give up. So that was another thing that she recounted as him being very sweet in that way. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Clark and the girl Kristen, they reportedly held hands from time to time. Whoa. And she said, perhaps it sounds a little like a cliche, but Clark gave me tenderness. Yes, we held hands, but there was no sex. It made me feel enormously secure. So ironic <laughs> that she would feel secure right? with someone who's kidnapped her. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, remember how I said that there was three um, hostages, yeah. three women? Well, like a day later or whatever, they found that there was this guy named Sven hiding in like a uh, like a closet. This is like basically the plot of Airheads. Uh, wow, yeah, kind of. I guess it kind of is. That's funny. Uh, well, this happened first, so well, yeah, I know. But <laughs> so Sven seemed really easygoing, and um, at one point Olsen told him that he's going to have to shoot him in the leg. But don't worry, he's not going to kill him. Good. It's just to let the cops know that he's serious, right? Yeah. And what Sven later said was, all that comes back to me <laughs> is how kind I thought he was for saying it was just my leg that he would shoot. <laughs> yeah, also, He actually said that? Yes. That's quote, really direct funny. Quote. Oh, that's amazing. Also, also, he was promised all the beer that he could drink to help himself get the courage to do it. But you know what? Ultimately, Olsen never even did it. He's like, I don't. Um, he's like, I don't know why he didn't shoot me, but I, but he just never did. But he was cool with it. Sven was cool with it. That is so funny. Yeah. Wow. But so anyway, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They must. So one day when um, I'm going to say this is like it's kind of early on still. It's like maybe day three or four. Um, this one cop decides to sneak into the uh, bank with a, a window pole. So about a five foot long pole and very quietly he pushed the vault door shut and locked it with all of the, the people in there. Oh no. And they did not want that. Oh. That's very scary. It's small. Right. Yeah, you know? it's very and, scary. And you, and you have no escape now. And yeah. The cops can all kind of get around you. So what ended up happening was the cops ended up drilling down through the ceiling uh, and then they pumped tear gas in there. And oh my God. So even the hostages had to... Yeah. Now, that here's sucks. the thing. The, the, one of the, one of the uh, robbers was like obsessed with this idea that tear, tear gas exposure for over 15 minutes makes you, I think he said something like insane for life. Okay. Yeah. So he believed that exposure, like he was, that was something he was worried about. Yeah. So when they, when he got the sense that that's what they were going to do, he took out nooses and hung and hung them around every um, hostage and like attached it. 
And, he, you know, they're just like, you're going to stand here with these nooses on kind of thing. And then he let the cops know because he was in communication with the cops. He's like, if you gas this place, they are going to pass out and suffocate and die. And that's on you. Yeah. It's pretty, that's pretty metal. That's kind of brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah horrifying. Right? It's, for, it's, uh, yeah. It's like spooky, right? Yeah. See, I told you I wanted to bring the spookiness to this episode. Yeah. All right. So anyway. They get the tear gas in there and the dudes immediately surrender. They're like, we're done, we're done, we're done. We're done. And oh, they're like, shit. cops are like, all right, well, put your guns in the bucket and send them off because we're not letting you out of it. And sure enough, you had guns and stuff like that oh, go man. up in the bucket. Then they come and let them out, right? And they're like, all right, all right, we want Clark and Austin first. And the, the the hostages were like, no, because if you, if you let, if they go out first, you're going to kill it. No, kill no, they, they, I'm sorry. They said, we want the hostages first. And then they were like, no way, because if we come out and we know that they're in there alone, you're going to go in there and kill them. So they, mm. they insisted that they all kind of walk out together with the uh, bad guys in front. Wow. Yeah. And they were, um, they embraced and the girls kissed the guys and they shook hands with Sven. And the girl, Kristen, famously called out from her stretcher as they're taken away. She's like, Clark, I shall see you again. Amazing. Dude, how crazy is that? Yeah. Well, it is nice having the background for the story. Right? Yeah, it it's is. It's good. And dude, and then Sven later was talking to his psychiatrist and he's like, is there something wrong with me? Why don't I hate these guys? <laughs> <laughs> they must have been charming fellows. Dude, I know. But like, that's the thing. Well, they did say that Clark was, he was a stud. He was like oh, 26. Uh, he had this cool beard and like yeah. this ruffled hair. Like, nice. Actually, the pictures are, he's he's cool he looking dude. He cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the other dude was like a beefcake apparently. Like, he's yeah. worked out all the time. Okay. Yeah, so um, a year later, even uh, Brigitta visited Clark in jail on a whim, and they talked for a half hour. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, it's bizarre. Okay, something else that's a little bizarre is, um, so the guy Olsen who started the whole thing, the guy who first walked in with like the makeup and all that stuff, he only got 10 years for this. Hmm. Like, I feel like you usually like get- a six day. Like, I think for just like, it's funny, like, I feel like bank robbery gets you, like, such a lot. Yeah. And is it, Especially like... Especially for a six-day standoff. Right? I mean, I feel like just the expense of all that, right? Totally. So, Clark, the guy that got pulled in from jail to go and do this, so he got six and a half years, and then the appeals court was like, uh, he did not ask to be a part of any of this. The moment that the cops took him from the from the jail and shoved him in there, they basically forced him to be an accomplice because what are you going to do? Like say no to a guy with a gun? Yeah. Because the thing is, this guy, Clark, says he had no idea what was going on. This wasn't a plan. <laughs> These two dudes had done time together at one point. Right. And I guess Olsen was like kind of taken with him and he didn't, This he they just pulled him out of jail, shoved him there and they said that when he went in and was like, what's He's going like, yeah, what, on? He goes, Oh, it's you. That's a quote. Oh, it's you. Like, you called me out of jail to come commit a crime. We never discussed this. Yeah, oh my Isn't God. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so uh, the story is one. And I, I, can, I can say I love this story because nobody died. Mm -hmm. I think the worst, the worst wounds were like two cops. One cop got his hand shot, and mm. then another cop got like, I think it was also his hand shot. Yeah. He was, was really It sounds ripe to be a movie. Machine. Is there a film version of this? So, um, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ethan Hawke, I think. Yeah. Did recently oh. a movie 
about this. Cool. And I was like, Love I Ethan just Hawk. found this out last night, yeah. and so I didn't have time to watch it. But yeah, like I think it's essentially the story of this. Yeah, let's let's watch that. Yeah. No, I definitely that want to. Good. Also, there's um there's a documentary that looks really good that I could not find anywhere, and I was gonna pay. <laughs> I was gonna pay. Yeah, it was something something like. Stockholm Why Stockholm is a syndrome or something, something. Wow, Looks good. Yeah. Looks like a lot of real, right. you know, cop footage, you know? The, this, this is nice to know. It's good to know that. But here's one thing that people don't talk about very much, mm. in my opinion, or that I've not heard about Stockholm syndrome, is that it isn't just a one-way street. The mm. captors often f- also form an emotional bond with the victims. Now, mm. even though that they're in a place of power, it's still like you don't really expect them to also be kind of falling for him. So I think that's interesting too. So this uh, one final quote quote I want you to know is, so this is the guy Olsen who started the whole thing, like walked in with the gun. This is what he said to an interviewer later. It was the hostages fault, he said. They did everything I told them to do. If they hadn't, I might not be here now. Why didn't any of them attack me? They made it hard to kill. They made us go on living together day after day like goats in that filth. There was nothing to do but get to know each other. I see. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, yeah, they're all just they all just love each other. That's a lovely story. And that is the way that the cookie crumbles on Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Not, it's not quite spooky. It's <laughs> it's mildly spooky. There is guns. There there's nothing there's spooky ex- about it. It's explosive. The nooses. The nooses. There's suspense. It's a thriller at moments. Um, you know, you know. There's a little bit of terror. It's not boring. It's not like about a butter. Like <laughs> this is just nothing. No, no. I thought it was really interesting. I thought so too. That's great. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna take a little break, and uh, we'll be back after this uh, intermission. Don't got a job My husband's dead And I got a fat check From the government I still like to write My stories like Stevie King But I keep getting Interrupted by them pig cops Murder she wrote she wrote, murder. She wrote, 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 murder. She wrote. Now she's hiring Ryan and Albert to join the team. They're gonna do all the boring stuff and the paperwork. She can focus on her writing and chase down leads While she's banging the sheriff, the boys are paying parking ticks Murder, she wrote Murder, she wrote Murder, she wrote Murder, 
she wrote, 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 murder, she wrote. Welcome back. That was Murder, She Wrote, our Angela Lansbury song. Yeah, dude. You're welcome for that. We also forgot to mention a contest we're having. Oh, yes. All right, so think of the movie Beetlejuice, right? When they first go to the... uh, that undead place. What's that? What's that? The office of the undead or something? I forget. Yeah. Right. Something like that. So you know how like that one guy comes along on like a, a clothesline and he's all flattened. <laughs> Me and my brother always like. Well, he doesn't. He just he doesn't do what I do. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just put up my arms like him and I'll be like, and then I and then like pretend to roll away. I've seen that movie. 50 times yeah. I have no clue what that guy says so <laughs> that is so funny so, I know the exact moment you're talking right? about right like so like he, I think it must be a joke of some kind it seems he's like he's amused he's amused by it but here's yeah. the deal um, the contest is this if you can tell us the exact words that that guy says mm-hmm. um, when he comes before he rolls away yeah, either email us at don't be an idiom mm-hmm. at gmail or you could message us on Instagram yeah uh, but, but here's the deal, though. You have to not use subtitles. You can't look it up. You can't look it up. This you can't use subtitles. Honor system kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Now, you can. I will be okay with you asking a friend as long as they don't look it up or use subtitles. Like, if yeah. you've got a friend that knows that, like, I would ask Jim. I'd be like, Jim, what does that flat guy say in Beetlejuice? And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> yeah. And he would, like, make a whole costume and, like, play it out for us because yeah, he's right. just that awesome and you'd be like I understand now mm-hmm. show me to the snack table <laughs> dun 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 okay so uh, yeah message us about that first one wins first one wins we'll send you a wood nickel if you want or two we'll, even we can send you two wood nickels we've, we've got a few left uh, alright well when it's the spooky season you know, sometimes I find myself listening to a lot of heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal is an idiom, sure. So you kind of did a term, I'm doing a term. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, heavy metal, yeah, literally doesn't mean heavy metal, so what does it mean? Right. So what is heavy metal, Al? Heavy metal is a music genre. Uh huh. It and is a genre. Like, it's uh, it's like a, it's like yeah, dude. It's like chugging, chugging, <laughs> and then some high like solos. <laughs> yeah, solos. There's chugging. Um, it can be a lot. It, I, I, heavy metal is cool. The dictionary says it's characterized by fast tempo. So yeah, sure. There's like lots of like thrash beats. Sure, like that. Heavy distortion, of course. That's how you get the chug effect. Right. right. Powerful rhythms, which that's a weird way to describe a rhythm for a dictionary. Powerful they're, rhythms. They're powerful. And dense guitar and bass sounds. Wow, it's actually uh, interesting putting words to the, I know, like the right? description of um, that. Yeah, another definition I found was a type of highly amplified, harsh-sounding rock music with a strong beat, characteristically, characteristically using violent or fantastic imagery. Ooh, that's cool. That's the genre I want to be in. Well, the fantastic imagery thing, that's true. There's a lot of like Tolkien references in early metal. Sure, sure. Um, So anyway, uh, yeah, this this has a 
I, I don't know. I was I was just like I don't know how I thought of it. I, I have been listening to a lot of metal lately, and I was like heavy metal. Like where does that come from? I'm like you know what? That's you know that's a that, there's an etymology to this. So absolutely. So uh, Albert, what is what's your guess? Where do you think this comes from? Hmm. All right. This isn't even really a joke. So I think when I yeah, think, take it seriously. I think when I think of heavy metal, I get yeah. a very Viking kind of vibe. Right. Yeah. You know, like just like I don't know, man. Like it's just like the long hair and just like the like just just like the coolness and yeah, and, you know, like and you're doing like like fucking messed up shit, like killing people and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So. I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Viking times, and you know, you pillage and you plunder, and you pillage and you plunder. You do, yeah. you do all that stuff, um, but like, you just like, what do you do with all that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, a couple of the Vikings got together, and then they were like, "Let's go to the volcano, mm. and we're gonna melt this stuff down." <laughs> you know, it sounds. So and, and Viking, we're, and we're gonna just, and we're gonna, and we're, the gods are gonna like, yeah, you know? yeah, and uh, and we'll do. It's a shrooms, great image, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, you know, so they get out there, and then they're in this giant like volcano forge, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just pouring big amounts of metal yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. And you gotta hammer it, like you gotta get out there with the hammer while it's nice and red hot. Yeah, and because this was a particularly large well you know what they, they, they hadn't they hadn't smelted anything in a while so mm-hmm. it was like really backed up really is what yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so they just went they just went for it and the big old chunks were just coming off the conveyor belt faster than anyone oh, there's a conveyor belt I thought this was Vikings <laughs> I'm just messing with that mixing times again. Okay. But like these big trolls that they're like act like conveyor belts. They're just chucking <laughs> okay, down the okay, molten yeah. metal, right? And then like the Vikings, they're just like going as hard as they can, and you know? And then it just really starts having this very cool sound. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like I don't know, man, they all start singing like this big volcano forge like viking shit and then it's coming so fast because the trolls are all freaking out and then it's just like it's better when we do it fast man (laughs) man so then they just like they eventually just are like all right we don't have to forge every time we want to make music we'll just like bang a bunch of metal together and that's a great it's like the beginning of that's a great music (laughs) yeah yeah really in a sense I mean that's awesome because uh, in the Northman, Robert Eggers' new movie. Yeah. Did you see a preview for that at all? Uh, yes. It's the the director who made The Witch, and cool. he made this movie called The Northman. It's about a Viking, and like it's metal. so metal, dude. And there's yes. a there's a scene in there where I was like, this just sounds like death metal. Nice. Like it was they were hitting these big drums and the main oh, there you go. and the main guy was death growling the whole time. Yes. And while this is happening, Ethan Hawke is in it. He's the father well, of, the, of the Viking. Hawk, and they're, they're making animal noises in this circle. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. are screaming at the top of their lungs. And I was like, this is the most metal thing I've ever heard. Well, there you go. And so it reminded me a lot of that. Now and and another thing is that, you know, Swedish 
like a lot of black metal and Swedish metal, yeah. Nordic metal in general. Yeah. You know, that's like one of the main exporters of metal music. So I think connecting it to Vikings makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I bet you had like a subconscious something going on there. Yeah. But it made, it made sense. And I feel like there was, was there Viking stuff, stuff on death clock? I feel like they do. Like Probably. Viking-y, yeah. Viking-y I, there's a lot of Viking themed um, metal bands too. Yeah. I mean, which is just, it just works so well. It's so metal. <laughs> it's just so metal. Could you imagine being that like, like that just such like a man beast, just like getting out there, you know? Yeah, that'd feel good. I bet it would. We we would probably be picking, I don't know, crowberries at the uh, farm. Oh yeah, you like, and me. They would they if, wouldn't be inviting us to the volcano. Let us live. Heavy metal stomp. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, great guest, Albert. Thank you very much. So I just wanted for for not you know I'm sure a lot of you may not listen to metal music. So I just wanted to give like a quick rundown. What is heavy metal? And um, so we metal is traced back to the 50s. That's kind of when, you know, blues started to get to get really popular. And we saw like uh, guitarists playing blues on electric guitar. But then in the 60s, that's when they started experimenting with distortion. And the kinks, uh, you really got me. You yeah. really got me. So they're like one of the first bands to get a, a single that had dis- heavily distorted guitars. Oh, okay, cool. It's like the first time that happened. So, you know, you, you see where this is going. All of a sudden, the drummers needed to kind of play louder to compete with the guitar. And then oh, everything kept raising yeah, sure. louder and louder. And so this is like bands like The Who and Jeff Beck are contributing to this. Then there's what's called the Unholy Trinity which is like the I trinity like of, the trinity of bands that basically are the the, the grandfathers of, of metal and it's Led Zeppelin, hmm. Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. Okay. Smooth on water. Yeah. So those three and Led Zeppelin's album um the one that was like the heaviest I guess came out in 69. Black Sabbath had an album out in 70 and Deep Purple had an album out in 1970. Okay. And so, you know, Led Zeppelin is obviously rocking hard. And then they are using a lot of like Tolkien references and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Black Sabbath, you know, they're clearly like the first metal band, really. Like they're yeah. dark. They're playing darker music. Yeah, yeah. Their lyrics are really dark. Their whole their whole um, image is. Yeah. So to me, it's like even though I think Led Zeppelin was probably influential to all the rock bands. Black Sabbath is really. Enough. They, yeah, Black Sabbath was way darker. Yeah. So then in the 70s, you had bands like Motorhead or Judas Priest who just like threw away the, the blues shit and yeah. they, then just like made it like punk, like made it fast and oh, mixed yeah. it with the, with the metal. And so then that's like pretty much it. And we, now we have like... It's crazy in, how, where it comes from. I know. In the, in the 80s, there was glam metal and there was black metal. And then later on, then we had death metal and power metal and thrash metal like, you know, Slayer and Metallica and Anthrax. Wow. So it just like started branching off from there. I'll tell you what, like just being any any metal is is pretty cool. <laughs> but like there's something about black metal that just sounds very cool. Oh man, yeah, like Venom and uh, man, who else? Oh, Celtic Frost. Oh sure, Bathory. Sure. <laughs> black metal, man, is is sick. It's so fun. Plus, there's just something about being dark, which is really fun. Like you know, like. Even if you're just being dark, just for fun, like yeah. you're not even like really dark. You know what I mean? It's just fun. Right, right. I know. Just you're just thrashing like, around. I am just covered in shrouds. 
<laughs> covered in shrouds. That's a great name for like a band right? or like a, a metal album title. Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, so, but where is the term? I mean, this is an etymology show, right? right. Heavy metal. How do we get to heavy metal defining that genre? Hmm. 1961, William S. Burroughs, you know the beat writer who wrote Naked Lunch. You know it, baby. And so we're probably mostly familiar with Naked Lunch, but he wrote this trilogy of books called the Nova Trilogy, and the first book was called The Soft Machine, which was about the human body. Hmm. And in it, the, he has a character um, whose name is the Heavy Metal Kid. That's awesome. Uranian Willie the Heavy Metal Kid, also known as Willie the Rat. <laughs> that is very cool. <laughs> right. And so in this, this book is, it's so bizarre. It's like so out there. It's like weirdly sci-fi and there's aliens in it and it's just like a drug trip at the same time. Okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's this character and for a lot of, a lot of people point to this as the first time that a, a writer used the phrase heavy metal, not referring to like the periodic table of elements. Sure. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. That with like a B generation poet, kind of established heavy metal as a sort of like thing that you could use to label cool shit. I don't know. Wow, that is whoa. <laughs> so yeah, and this this character. This is just a quote from the book. His metal face moved in a slow smile as he heard the twittering supersonic threats through antenna embedded in his translucent skull. See, like that. He looked awesome. So then. That was in 1961. The second thing that happens, in 1968, Steppenwolf comes out with Born to be Wild. Born oh, sh- to be wild. <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> and they Get have a line. Yeah. There's a line. He goes, I like smoking lightning. Every metal thunder. Oh, yeah, sure. Racing with the wind. And the feeling that I'm on the... So he says heavy metal, metal thunder. thunder. I like that. And the lyricist mentioned that what he was trying to capture there, because people have asked him, like, oh, did you invent heavy metal, like the genre title? And he's like, no, I was just thinking about how, like, when you're riding a motorcycle or a car through the desert, it's like it's like a heavy metal thunder that echoes around. Sure, wow. So that's what cool. he was imagining. And he got the idea from, like, thinking back to high school science and learning about the periodic, periodic elements. Oh, whoa. And so he's like, all right, yeah, it's heavy metals. Like, heavy metal, it's a great way to, to describe, th- like, a thunderous sound in the uh, desert. Dude, yes. Very so, cool. So those are two of our pieces. Okay. We got William S. Burroughs. We got Steppenwolf. And then there's a third thing, which also occurred in the 60s, which was with the music critics. And, and critics usually are, you know, whether it's pop culture critics or music critics or film critics, they, they kind of help define genres, right? And like title them a lot. It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> the critic. The critic, everybody. <laughs> so in the 60s, uh, they were already using the word metal to describe certain rock albums, but not like the genre metal, just like, sure. oh, if you're using a lot of electric guitar, like, Jimi Hendrix was described as like having a metal sound. A metal, a metal sound. Yeah. Gotcha. Or even some later Rolling Stones albums. They would okay. describe like the sound of all the guitars as being metal. Right. But there were a few different music critics that to one degree or another have claimed that they were the first to use oh, heavy metal. I'm sure they but, have. But I think I found who did. So 
Sandy Perlman, who referred to Rolling Stones albums as metal, but you know, I think she was trying to take like, oh, but I came up, I came up with heavy metal, but she never actually never used yeah. the, the words heavy metal. Hmm, interesting. Mike Saunders wrote for the, uh, for Rolling Stone in 1970, and he reviewed three albums by Humble Pie, who were like a like a just like a you know one of those like psychedelic 60s blues sure. rock bands, and he called them a noisy, unmelodic, heavy metal, leaden shit rock band. So he was using it really negatively, and. Heavy metal le- leaden was, was shit there, rock. Was band. there a comma in between a heavy metal? <laughs> no, heavy metal dash leaden. All right, I'll let him have it. Shit rock that has. I a like the shit rock. Hyphenated, hyphenated band with the loud and noisy parts beyond doubt. So he didn't like it. <clears throat> he didn't like okay. it. Okay, and just kind of said that it was just noisy. Yeah, but heavy rock had already existed as a genre for. A lot of years yeah you know like led zeppelin and black sabbath would just have been referred to as heavy rock so they already had that kind of idea in mind and for saunders he also was inspired by like high school science yeah to, to use heavy metal as a phrase to like like an adjective to describe something it's cool how they're using um like elements and stuff to describe sound right like yeah rock and met but like they bring up very distinctive different visions and ideas like rock versus metal right yeah no it's and there's also a lot of there's also a lot of like metal in early hard rock or heavy rock and heavy metal bands like iron maiden or led zeppelin or you know well, like uh, iron ore, there's like metal in the rock. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's just I don't know. Just it makes sense that heavy rock bands would want a heavy name, sure. literally. Sure. Um, anyway, so the the final kind of piece of this is this music critic Lester Bangs, and in a he was he was reviewing. Sounds like a fun guy. He was a fun guy. <laughs> Lester Bangs. I'm Lester Bangs. <laughs> Ding, <laughs> ding, and I like to hangs <laughs> and eat chicken wangs. <laughs> I'm Lester Bangs. I eat chicken wangs. Uh, so he, in 1970, wrote in Rolling Stone about uh, Guess Who. Oh, that was the name of the band. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> And um, he wrote, with a fine hit single, Undone, behind them, they're quite refreshing in the wake of all the heavy metal robots of the year past. Mm. But that's also kind of negative, like referring to like all the other right. bands as putting out the same sh- kind of shit, yeah, right? yeah. same rock. But Lester Bangs was a huge William S. Burroughs fan. Wow. And to the point where he even got in trouble in high school for handing out copies of Naked Lunch to his friends. He like found a bunch of copies and was handing <laughs> look out these, look at I'm so with copies basically we can we can speculate that he had seen that blue heavy like heard of the blue heavy metal people of uranus and that <laughs> that's that's from the book wait a second lester bangs loves <laughs> naked lunch which focuses on uranus come no, on let me make it clear it's not naked lunch it's just the author who wrote naked lunch oh sorry it's the, the soft well, i bet he read that too he definitely did yeah because he was a huge fan <laughs> but the soft machine is the name of the uh the, the book sure so yeah so he ref- he you know he refers to something as heavy metal he had read burroughs and and 
actually Mike Saunders and Bangs both used heavy metal the same year in the same magazine. So oh, so close. Could, could be what month? Well, I think I think uh, Bangs was first. Lester right, Bangs. I was going to say, who's your choice? Lester you Bangs. Have, I like Lester yeah. Bangs as well. <laughs> So between that and the Steppenwolf song and William S. Burroughs, I mean, they all kind of connect. I mean, that's about like eight years total um, that those three separate things happen. But they all just kind of helped bring heavy metal into the vernacular, you know, nice. so they are just using it more. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. I just have a couple of fun facts. Excellent. They're not, they're not that fun. Exactly. But uh, before they came up with heavy metal, they would call heavy metal downer rock. Ooh, downer rock. So like I don't know. Black Sabbath was referred to that. Downer downer rock sounds like, I don't know, like Everclear or something. <laughs> and, yeah. Or like grunge or some like shit. Like Alice in Chains would yeah. be downer rock. Downer rock. Uh, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath both hailed from Birmingham, which was a huge metal making industry in England. So they were surrounded by metal factories and stuff. And so the fact that the two of them are like the found, like part of the unholy trinity of metal bands. Coincidence? Coincidence. Exactly. I think not. Um, While researching this, I also stumbled upon the term punk rock was coined in 1971. Also in an issue of Cream. um, And it was a column about the band Question Mark and the Mysterians. Cool. Who were like a Latino rock group from the 60s. And they were the first to be called punk? Yeah, I mean, they were like, they had like a garage rock sound. Sure. Um, And this guy, Dave Marsh, wrote about them and had called them punk rock. And so he was the first one to use it. And then obviously, like, by the 70s, you get like the Ramones and. Dude, that's so cool to be the first punk rock thing. And you're not even really, you probably don't even sound punk, right? Yeah, not really. I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's like dirty like and it's, it's rocking, but like, yeah. Punk is so fun. And the lead singer spelled his name like just a question mark. Whoa. And he said he was from Mars. Whoa. <laughs> I believe it. So uh, that's all she wrote uh, regarding heavy metal. And uh, again, you know, it's a, it's a little spooky. It's spooky adjacent. I think so. It's spooky adjacent. There's something spooky about a big old piece of heavy metal. A big old metal skull. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you've stuck with us, thank you. I know that these are two. They're, these are two more dense histories. I think. Than well, you usual. know what? Yeah, I felt this one in, in the research. I was, I was like, I'm going deep. I'm gonna go deep on down. It's hard. It's it's a lot. Uh. But you loved it. <laughs> Maybe you loved it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to check us out on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash don't be an idiom. You're going to want to check out the Patreon. Check out our Instagram. We're always posting um, things Goofy, and stuff. wacky things for our fans. And uh, anything else, Albert? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have a happy Halloween because it's like in a couple days. Oh, the countdown. And oh, the countdown's coming. So I think that's it. Right, well, happy Halloween, Albert. Long live Lansbury. Long live Lansbury. That could be our first shirt. Yes. <laughs> Once we get the funds. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That'd be good. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, until, until next, next time, time don't, don't be, be an, an idiot.
ghost world A spooky cat ghost world A ghost world A spooky cat ghost world Cat ghost world Spooky cat ghost world Round and round and round Cat ghost world Cat ghost world Spooky cat ghost world Things. Them regular things.